Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Okay, honest question. I mean, you can always be honest with me, but do you fast forward through the She Built This theme song? I do for some podcasts I listen to because some of the music is just so super annoying and I'm not going to mention any names, but they just grate on my nerves when they're loud and rocky. But then there are some that I never fast forward through because they're just so soothing and great. Like Smartless is actually a good example of this. Um, I personally like z- either Zen or Peppy or Zen and Peppy together. I also feel like this with like certain voices and when guests show up with bad tech. So keep that in mind if you want to guest on more podcasts. Might be worth investing in inexpensive microphone and a set of headphones so that people don't just skip your interview due to bad sound because sensitive ears like mine abound. Anyway, if you fast forward the theme song, no shade or judgment, just asking, just something for fun to start us off today. You don't have to actually tell me, but you can if you want. Also, if my voice grates on your nerves, please don't tell me because that will actually hurt my feelings and there's very little that I can do about my voice at this point. Hi. (laughs) On that note, hi. Welcome back. I feel like it has been ages since I've connected with you for a solo show. It was, in fact, looking at my calendar here just over a month ago. So wow, wow, wow. We have been together with guests, obviously, Um, but it just always feels a little bit cozier when it's just you and me. Am I right? So real quick, I wanted to share two celebrations with you that also translate into resources for you. My recent guest, Mignon Fogarty of the Grammar Girl podcast, gave me a huge beyond appreciated shout out on LinkedIn by writing an entire blog article about my system as a podcast host and how I make it easy for my guests to feel prepared and also share my episodes. If you are a podcast host and you want your guests to shout out their appearance on your episode from the rooftops, uh, you're definitely going to want to read this blog because it was it was really eye-opening to read my own system through her eyes and the difference that that made for her as a guest and how easy it made her to be able to share to share the episode. So the link is in the show notes for that blog article. Um, secondly, I was just recently a guest on the Legacy Speaker Show with Jasmine Haley. Jasmine's also been a guest on my show and she's due for a revisit, by the way. Um, Jasmine and I had so much fun and we had a really like engaging, I mean, in my unbiased opinion, we had a really engaging conversation about how to turn any speaking opportunity including podcasting, uh, how to turn a speaking opportunity into more content for your business. So that's going to be the second link in the show notes. And I just wanted to give you those resources. I have some other exciting stuff to share with you soon that you're going to be able to get your hands on, but I wanted to be sure to share those because I'm celebrating and my celebration simultaneously turns around into being able to help you so that you can soon be celebrating alongside me. All right, so quick backstory about what brought me into today's specific topic and today's episode. Someone asked me a couple weeks ago, so Em, what's new? 
And I can just tell you that that question, it's kind of stressful to me. It like sends me into a spiral because I don't want to sound boring. So I definitely don't, I I do want to say like something that is new, but realistically every day in my life, it's just kind of similar. It's like a small consistent steps every day where I'm sort of kind of doing the same thing, but then in the grand scheme of things, I make progress, right? So like nothing is new per se, per se, um, So I feel a little torn. I'm like, okay, I could go into all the minutiae about all the things I'm building and creating right now that are new, but only slightly new. I could keep it really existential and talk about how like all the cells in the universe are constantly rejuvenating. And therefore, because I am made of the same stardust, I am quite literally 100% new in this second. Or I could just say what I usually say, which is same old you know, ah, yeah, a little of this, a little of that. I mean, this this is like a frightening peek inside my brain, right? But it did get me thinking how the questions we ask people and how the questions, like, and just how the questions themselves can actually spark and create interest, or they can kind of create that spiraling and stop the conversation, stress the person out before it even gets started. Um, And I've talked about this before from a networking perspective, but it just kind of made me realize it like, oh, the questions we have in and of themselves are a way to spark curiosity and people keep the conversation going, create interest. And so that overthinking thought bubble brought me to how this could help us in our own content creation. So this solo episode is just like a stepping stone path of um, thoughts. But today I really wanna dive into these questions. How can we create sparks of interest in our marketing and create curiosity in our content? And what are the questions specifically that we need to be asking ourselves that help us to do so? So that's what this is about today. And as many of you know, I theme my months here on the podcast and I do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, I like to have a pretty concise channel for my curiosity and kind of focus it into one area for the, for the month. Um, number two, my podcast is really like a springboard for a lot of the other content that I share and a lot of the conversations that take place in She Built This. And if you're not already a member of the She Built This community, I'll make sure that there's a link for that in the show notes too, because it's really just like a group think tank conversation starter um, for women entrepreneurs. Uh, Number three, the reason I theme my podcast is because it gives me boundaries and guardrails so that when guests approach me and it doesn't fit into a certain spot, I'm able to say yes, no, I kind of know where to put people um, based on where those conversations fit. And then in general, I just really like to think deeply about something and turn it over in different directions and sort of make sure I covered all the different angles of it. And I think a month is kind of just the right amount of uh, time, a nice little container to do that with a word or a topic or a focus. And then I also just love, and this is my message to you and why I do find themes to be a little bit beneficial or at least like a focus for each month. Um, It helps your message stay really, really cohesive throughout the month. And it's a really subtle thing that a lot of people don't even notice when they're interacting with your content because I announce it as a learning opportunity for you, but I don't recommend that people announce what their theme is per se. Um, But it does just help it stay really, really cohesive every month. And people don't even know what hit them. They're like, this is so good and cohesive. I don't know why. All right. 
I did like, you know, as I'm talking about the theme, I did for a brief moment the other day get a little bit worried. I was like, oh boy, I might be beating this topic of curiosity to death here. But you know what? It's it's actually just that I have been talking about it and thinking about it all month. It doesn't actually mean that every single one of you listening right now is like consuming every single thing that I've shared. And I don't think that you're thinking about it as much as I am. So this is really important. Another reminder for your own content. A lot of times we feel like we're on repeat and we're just saying like the same message over and over and over again, but you have to remember that chances are pretty high. That's not how others are necessarily experiencing it. They're not reading it all, listening to it all, and engaging in every single word that you create. So it really just benefits you and makes your life easier, makes your content more cohesive, to repeat your message often and in different ways. I have an episode planned for you uh, soon where we're going to get into this a little bit more in more in depth, but for now, it's just a mini reminder I'm kind of sandwiching into today. On to the topic of curiosity. I really don't even think I've scratched the surface on this topic yet and just like how much it applies to us in our lives and in our business. I have more questions. I need more answers. But let's get into some of the questions that I do have some some insights on and talk about how to create more of a spark in your content and invoke more curiosity for your audience. And just like extremely laser fast. I will introduce myself to you because most of you already know who I am. But um, if you don't, I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content writer. I'm the owner and founder of She Built This, which is a women's entrepreneurship community. Oh, and I'm also the host of the She Built This podcast too. How fitting. My favorite kind of content and copywriting clients are women entrepreneurs who need website or blog copy that's a representation of them and their brands and businesses. And if you're curious to learn more about me, you can connect with me at emilyaborn.com. First, I feel like we should really talk about why and how curiosity can actually like help you as a business owner, just kind of high level, but also as a person, like why should we even care? And I know that we had, we talked about this quite a bit um, la- uh, this month, especially in my episode with Karen Kenny, which if you did miss that one, there's going to be a link in the show notes to that as well. But I was recently asked by the hosts of the BizCast New Hampshire podcast, a question along the lines of like, what brought you to where you are today and how your business evolved into what you're doing now? And my answer was that I just sort of have always stayed open and taken the next step. And when I boiled that down, I realized it's just for me personally been like a path of wanting to learn and grow and understand, connect and just like be my best. It can all be summed up with the word curiosity, though I may not have been able to put my finger on that prior to all that I've learned and and discovered by exploring the theme this month. So I wanted to give you something fun to think about for yourself because I really think that cultivating curiosity in our lives can help us to stay open and can help us to realize these next steps. So I thought this could be fun. According to some information I found on entrepreneur.com, And um, Karen had mentioned this in her interview, so I wanted to research some more about it. I found the four types of curious people. Number one, the fascinated. 
This is you if you tend to have a broad range of interests. You probably read more than your peers and you have a lot of, you have your hands in like a lot of different things. Um, there's also number two, which is the problem solver. A problem solver tends to have fewer, deeper interests. They might lay awake at night thinking about a nagging problem, and they have a love of figuring out puzzles. Number three is the empathizer. The empathizer is a people person or socially curious, and data shows that these people are actually the most likely to engage and use social media, both to project having it all themselves and to observe the behavior of others. And then number four, there is the avoider. And and an avoider has generally lower curiosity, reads less, and reports more stress, actually, in their day-to-day lives. You may be able to find the avoider. You may be able to like identify it more easily in somebody else. But my question for you is, which of the four do you think you are? The fascinated, the problem solver, the empathizer, or the avoider? I think that I am personally one part empathizer. I love learning about people and observing the behaviors of others. I was like the one that you could tell me we were going to have a day people watching at the mall and I would say sign me up. I love talking about personality, finding out what makes people tick. I'm also one part problem solver. I like solving other people's problems (laughs) and finding creative solutions. We'll just talk about my problems another time. Okay. Um, But Like I said, cultivating curiosity has, in your life, has huge benefits for you. It has huge benefits for your relationships and your business, and it really starts with a desire or a spark to know, solve, learn, and experience more of the world around you. It's what helps you to stay open and to take those next right steps, right? It's what propels you forward. And in my mind, I think of it like this like inner magnetization to just like something that pulls you in and like an excitement. And if I'm not wrong, I would bet my bottom dollar that you probably want to spark some of those same feelings for your clients too. Like you want to, you want them to land on your website and be like, hmm, I am very drawn to this person very, very much. And I don't know what it is, but I just like them. You want them to be intrigued enough to take action. You know, read that social media post or your email newsletter and be like, I have to learn more. Or hear your podcast and just be like so excited and delighted by the new thoughts and ideas flooding into their minds that they have to connect with you to work with you. So just like your curiosity begins with desire and excitement and leads you to follow it, you can do that through your content and the things that you're creating and then spark that feeling in other people too. Okay, do you know what the curiosity gap is? I did not. And so I had to, when I discovered it, I was like, oh my goodness, I love this. The curiosity gap is the space between what we know and what we need to know or want to know. So your job as the writer, the podcaster, the business owner is to create just enough of a curiosity gap without it getting weird. Like you don't want to make it uncomfortable or confusing for the people that are engaging in your content, but you do want to keep their interest peaked. You want to create that gap between what they know now and what they need to know. It's an art and a science and 
I will admit, it's a little bit like walking a fine line while spinning plates and simultaneously wearing stilts. There is so much content flying around the internet, books, podcasts, articles, television. I don't think anyone watches television anymore. Scratch that. Streaming. It's a huge gift to people engaging in our content, especially written content, uh, when we pique their interest just enough, but still keep it clear. So how much do you, how much is too much when it comes to creating curiosity in our content? Can you ever have too much? I think that there's a balance to strike that really results in both curiosity and clarity and our content can spark an interest and create that sense of excitement, leave them wanting to know more, but also not not leaving them feeling confused and misunderstood or misunderstanding. Um, when you create content, you can invoke that curiosity and cause them to lean in with just some of these simple tips and questions to start asking yourself. Number one, who is engaging in my content? Who are my listeners? Who are my readers? Who are my watchers? I would challenge you to get very honest with yourself as you answer this question. And one thing I want to bring it back to is take it back to those four types of curious people. Maybe ask yourself, what type of curious person is the person engaging in my content? Are they a problem solver? Are they a fascinated? Are they an avoider? Are they an empathizer? I would ask you to just like sit down and think a little bit about that. Because for example, as a content writer, rather than just say, I write for women entrepreneurs, I like to be a little bit more specific. I write for women business owners and entrepreneurs. They tend to be service providers. I work with coaches, consultants, podcasters, interior designers, and I love collaborating with website designers to make that copywriting process really simple for them and really simple for their clients. I'm not for the people who are not ready to invest in outsourcing this piece of their business. And I am not for people who have no idea what they want to offer in their business. Now, when I boil all that down, it leaves me realistically with a narrower group that I'm speaking to rather than everybody. I just read a book called Purple Cow by Seth Godin. And in it, he says, quote, the everybody products are already taken. Now the everybody products are for nobody. And I think that he really sums that up perfectly. Like I, this is something I'm always trying to encourage my clients on, just go a little bit deeper and think a little bit more specifically about who is this person we're talking to? What makes them unique? What are they struggling with? Where are they in the journey when they choose to work with you? What kind of questions do they have? What are they thinking, feeling, and what is the reason that they might be hesitating on making that decision to work with you? Getting really clear on and asking yourself these questions is the first step to helping you create curiosity in your content because when you're creating curiosity in your content, you really want to create it from a place where you understand who the person on the other side is because you're starting with understanding them more, you are naturally going to spark their interest more. I always say that content is a bridge. It bridges the gap between where our clients are and us helping them. So kind of like that curiosity gap, right? Creating a little curiosity can be a huge huge uh, friend or help for you when you are working to bridge that gap. Okay, ready for question number two. Ask yourself this, 
would I follow me? I recently had a chance to chat, as I said at the beginning, with Mignon Fogarty, host of the Grammar Girl podcast. And if you missed it, again, I will put that link in the show notes. But in the episode, Mignon shared with me some of the curiosity questions she brings during her own writing and content creation process that help her to ensure that what she is sharing is the good stuff. She asks herself, would I want to follow me? Would I want to read this article I wrote? Would I engage in my content? Am I interesting? And I love asking ourselves these questions as a way to just like stop, look, evaluate, listen to what we might doing, be doing really well with our written content and where we might need to look at making some adjustments and shifts. And if you feel like you're missing the mark on this, I can almost assure you that one of the solutions lies in being authentic and showing up as more you. I recently did a audit of my entire podcast, thanks to the help of Alicia Galati of Galati Media, and it was eye-opening to see what people liked and didn't like, what they stuck around for and didn't stick around for in my episodes. When you ask yourself this at first, like I promise it is painful. The answers are not easy, Um, but getting curious about what you're creating and like asking yourself, uh, is this even you know, are are people even interested in this? This is a great first step to creating more curiosity in your content. And also, I just want to highlight that like, if you're bored when you're creating your content, if you're not like feeling like a little bit of excitement or nervousness, um, you may not be bringing enough of yourself to the table. Uh, but if it doesn't have energy in it, like when you're creating it, it's probably not going to be very energizing or interesting to somebody else too. Like it might be boring. So springboarding off that topic, let's go into the third question to ask yourself. And that is, who are you? Can you show more of your personality in your copy and your content? Just like not everyone is for us, not everyone is our ideal clients, we ourselves are not for everyone either. I have to remind myself of this all the time. You are not for everyone, neither am I. I'm like learning that hardcore lately. There are just some tables I do not belong at. But the people you are for, you are very, very much for. So to help people who are for you, um, to relate more to you, you infuse more of yourself into your writing and your copy and your content. Like identify those pieces of your personality and your uniqueness that make you so remarkable, stand out, exceptional and unique um, and make sure that your content is like grounded in that. And I'm even talking about the weird stuff because even the weird stuff helps to create curiosity in the mind of the person consuming your content. Like think about the time you've been to someone's uh, Instagram account or website and you're just like, oh my God. God, who is this person? Or like, I have to get to know more of them because of like this little fun fact that they put in there. Or I want to read more of what they have to say. Sign me up for all their content. This is the kind of thing that makes people reach out to you and be like, I just knew that you were my people. Um, so you can use a lot more of your personality and your quirkiness to show curiosity about them too. And like, here's a secret little insider tip. The things that make you weird or quote, boring in your mind are so often the things that people will relate to. 
And they're like the specific oddities that people are like, oh my God, I do that too. I didn't know anyone else did that. You can use the sharing of these things to ask your audience and readers questions about themselves too. Like even your flaws and mistakes are an opportunity for you to get curious about other people. I did this with my email this week. Like, has anyone else ever done this? Does anyone else ever make this mistake? Does this get under your skin as much as it does mine? So I want you to think about that for a second. Think about this. There are hundreds upon hundreds of people doing what you do, like the exact same thing. But you are the only one who has your unique stories, your expertise, your random conglomeration of DNA, like the only person that can show up as you while you're doing it. And that's what the world wants. The world wants more of you. That's like what keeps us all interested and engaged and curious in one another is our uniqueness. So show your personality, let it shine through in your content, and you will naturally create more curiosity. Question number four, ask yourself, how can I avoid leading the witness? in my content. Um, All right, so full disclosure, it's my husband who watches and listens to all the true crime and like detective and law shows, not me, but I am fairly certain that there's a term called leading the witness. And that is when you get them to come to the conclusion you want them to arrive to, even if it's not their truth or what they wanted to say. So my question for us to all ask ourselves when we're creating content is, how can you avoid leading the witness? Like the best case scenario would be for you to listen to this podcast and be like, hmm, I don't know if I agree with all of that. Like I want to think about these things for myself. So that's kind of what I mean by that is don't answer all the questions for them. Let them come to their own conclusions and their own discoveries along the way. Maybe there are multiple interpretations or different ways to implement it, or you can kind of leave them with a question. Like you don't have to solve the mystery and you don't have to solve the problem in its entirety, but you can give them a really good, interesting starting point of how they can explore it more for themselves. So ask them what they think. Don't close the loop. And that's how you can help to keep that curiosity gap that we talked about at the beginning, just like a little bit ajar. Um, question number five, uh, this honestly should have been question number one. I'm not sure what I was thinking when I ordered these. Um, but anyway, it's question number five. Ask yourself, does this include jargon and complex language? Getting in the weeds with jargon and complex language is like a curiosity buster. It is an anti-curiosity disaster waiting to happen. Some people might love jargon and like want to get in the weeds with language, but most people are going to glaze over it and be like, next. Now, of course, this depends on your industry. Don't get me wrong. Like also, I love some complex words. I love looking up the definitions of things, but I don't like when a word, phrase, or concept is so complicated to understand. Like somebody is just so in the weeds with the nuances of their industry that I'm just like, oh my God, it's so confusing. It's distracting because I like literally have to look up every single thing. So keep it simple. Utilize storytelling if you can and don't get too jargony. You know, you can talk jargon to them once they become clients if you have to. And that is really all I have for you today. Just these five questions that I would invite you to ask yourself if you're looking to create more curiosity in your content marketing. So here's your mini action step. 
In your next piece of content, can you create curiosity by implementing one or two of these tips? Determine who you're speaking to. Get really, really clear on who that person is. Ask if you would read this piece or listen to this or engage in this. Uh, Infuse personality and uniqueness into your work. Put more of you into what you're doing. Don't lead the witness to the right answer. Avoid jargon and complexity in your language. See if you can implement one or two of these into your next piece of content. Let me know how it goes. The goal in creating curiosity in any content is to keep them interested, engaged, and really like on the edge of their seat for more of your unique perspectives. If you want to keep learning along this vein, stick with me because I have some stuff up my sleeve that you are going to want to be in the know about. And in the meantime, if you are someone who's struggling with your copy or your content, and you really need someone to help, if you don't want to sit there and waste your time, energy, and creative juices on trying to figure this all out, it can be really helpful and valuable to work with someone like myself because I ask you questions like these. I listen to where you get stuck over complicating, and I'm going to help you to put it into really simple, understandable terms that has you in it. And just saying like, if you need someone, I am your girl. Um, So I will also make sure that I include a link to my latest blog, which I actually gave you some like, actual tangible examples of curiosity marketing for your emails, your blogs, your social media, and video or podcasting content. So you can start taking the next step and really work on spicing things up. And I cannot wait for you to tune into next week's episode. We have somebody I'm very excited about sharing. Uh, we're going to actually talk about something we haven't talked about on the She Built This podcast yet. Get this. Um, curiosity in the photos that we choose to share on social media. Basically, I was really sick of posting just photos of my dog on Instagram and I needed help. So I brought in a guest to help me like figure out what kinds of photos I really should be sharing on social. So Anyway, as always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening each and every week, sharing with your friends and on social media and revide, and also writing me reviews. You like warm me heart and soul. So bye for now. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.